Welcome to the official podcast of the Canberra Raiders. Join us as we go behind the limelight. Hello and welcome, our valued podcast listener. I'm Raider Nick, and you've just joined us for episode 21 of Behind the Limelight. Uh, joining us once again is uh, the media boys for the Canberra Raiders, Ben Pollock, Tommy Logan. G'day, gents. Nick, how are you, mate? Very good. No, we're a little bit sombre from the result last week. We'll touch on that ever so slightly to try and process a bit of baggage. We'll preview the Round 22 clash, finally back at home against the Mighty Tigers. We'll have uh, some special guests come in for the first time. Mark Vagano, who's the Community and Regional Rugby League GM, and also Taylor Shields, Game Day and Events uh, Coordinator here at the Raiders. We're going to have a very special forever green Blues captain coach and former Raiders skipper Terry Campisi joins us for that. A great little jam-packed podcast. Sit back and relax wherever you're listening. Come join us as we go. Last Sunday's result, Penrith 40, Canberra 31. I don't know what to say about this one. It was just one of those days. We were there at the, for the Raiders on Mixed Team. We were there broadcasting live at Raiders Western. It was a party that first half. It was like... Leipana came out to play. Joey Lealua probably played his best game for the club. Rapana was in there. Everything just worked well. 26 points to 12 at half time. But then after 80 minutes, I dead set felt like someone stole my car. <laughs> dead set felt like that. Uh, and it felt like it at ground level too. I was there on the weekend and, uh, the disappointment was, was quite evident in the, in the players and coaching staff after the game. Um, you know, we've, we've been here before. There's no doubt about that. It was a, um, disappointing way to finish a game which we'd set up so well to go into the sheds uh, with another substantial lead and not be able to close out a game is extremely frustrating for this for the group and um, they know um, obviously that there's there's an issue there and um, they just need to work out how to address that but um, to their credit I thought that they they put some really good football together in patches and and showed what they can do with the footy and as you said uh, Jordan and Joey combining out there on that edge to play some really good footy and I thought Joe Tarpany uh, was really strong for the team as well. So there are positive uh, signs there. There's no doubt about that. Um, but obviously we're just not getting the result at the moment, and it hurts. It really does. There's plenty to work with with this team, as we can see. We can match it with those top eight teams. We just can't put out the killer blow. Benny, I've got to ask, did you go into the sheds at halftime? Yeah, I did, actually. What yeah. was the mood like? Is it was there, really is, good. Is there no. talks of that, though? No, potentially look, I'm not going to go into heart. what they said in there at yeah. halftime because that's stuff, that's stuff between the team. But um, but the energy and the, and the talk was really strong. They were really positive. They were, they were really happy with the way that they performed. Obviously, they conceded that early try um, off the back of an error um, and then were able to fight their way back into the game. So, look, they're doing everything they can to, to make sure that they're going out into and get themselves into winning positions. We're just not closing these games out. Um, so, you know, with, uh, with that four games left to go at, uh, in the season and three at home, um, we really need to finish this season strongly and it starts against the Tigers this weekend. Tommy Logan had a kind of finals-type feel to the game. It was really fast-paced. Uh, they, geez, they came out of the blocks, both teams, really quickly. The line speed uh, was just on turbo turbo level four but as Ben alluded to it was just great to see that that first half was almost perfect to the point we got a bad call we got a mistake we responded we didn't react we responded with points BJ I think he played his best game since 2016 and as we mentioned there is there is so much talent there and there's so much to work with we just got to find that that last thing to that last killer punch to to get the two points in these games yeah, well, I thought it was a great game for the neutral. You know, lots of entertainment, end-to-end stuff, tries. Uh, I thought when Rapana got that sort of try at, at the end of the first half, I thought, okay, great, that's what we needed. Surely we can use this as a, a springboard to come home in the second half. But um, 
We just couldn't pull away. That was the problem. We got into a position where uh, well, we should have scored straight after half time. We got ourselves in a break, and Nick Kotrick um, and Jordan Rapano uh, were combined on that edge. But unfortunately, the last pass just floated a touch forward. Uh, if we score there, then it's 20, 20 point lead and it's a different ball game. But, uh, and that's been our issue this year. We've got ourselves into a lead where we've been in front and we haven't been able to land the killer blow. Um, so, um, I'm sure that, um, the guys will understand that they, that they need to, to work on those little things. And, um, you know, that's rugby league though. The, 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 it's a game of inches, as they say. And, and one little tiny pass that didn't go your way can, uh, can turn a game. And then we saw late in the game and I don't want to bring it up again but um, a forward pass um, by Maloney to, to put the Panthers back in front so um, sometimes you get things go your way sometimes you don't Twenty-two brings us back home. It's been forever since we've played, but finally we're back and we take on uh, the mighty Tigers, who are sitting just above us on the NRL table. And as uh, Tommy Logan mentioned a few weeks ago, they've been out. The Raiders have been the Tiger Tigers' bogey side the last few years. They've put some really big scores on them. But Benny Pollock, a great afternoon plan over there on Sunday. Yeah, match day sponsor Coca Cola is bringing you all the action in uh, women in league round, and it's going to be um, an exciting afternoon down there at GIO Stadium. Gates open 11.30am. We've got uh, the Mounties playing uh, before us at 11.45. So two games of footy down there on uh, Sunday afternoon, a chance to come out and uh, experience the game day. It's been, like you said, it's been a solid uh, three weeks since we played a game at home and we, we play the Tigers. And yeah, we've had a really good record against them. I'm not sure what it is, but we just seem to love to play them. And it goes back to earlier this year when we put a score on them at Campbelltown in Josh Hodgson's return game. Um, but, you know, the Tigers, they still have a slight chance of making the final so they're going to come down here with plenty to prove um, they've got a few injury concerns I think Corey Thompson's out for the year um, Benji Marshall um, under a bit of a niggle um, so um, it'll be uh, sort of see what they put on the park on the weekend but um, it should be a really good entertaining game of footy as you mentioned uh, we beat them at 48 points to 12 in the corresponding game earlier this year at Campbelltown and that was their kind of change they got uh, Moses Mbai came to the club Robbie Farrow returned and they started beating the top team so they're going to be very hard to to beat this weekend, as you mentioned, Benji Marshall. I think there's a funny record out there. But Benji, we Marshall don't talk about that record. Hasn't he's, he's never lost to the Raiders? He is hasn't. That true? When he's played, he hasn't lost. His teams, whether so we it's need the him to Tigers, be out. St George or Brisbane, and back to the Tigers, he's never lost to a Canberra Raiders outfit. Tommy Logan. Yeah, that's obviously a bit of a worrying statistic, but oh, I'm not going to let that bother us. I think you know it's pretty obvious that we love to play the Tigers, and uh, there's something about sort of the final few home games at GIO Stadium. It, the weather always seems to turn it on, so hopefully another great day and another big Raiders win. Well, as you mentioned last week, it's a great part of the year you both guys did. Uh, the sun start, we start to warm into spring after a really cold winter, and I think now the shackles are off, there's not much pressure now to calculations can still get us there, but I think uh, they're probably more focused about winning football games in front of their home crowd, and if we can send uh, the last four weeks out on a high to bounce into next year, which we've done before in the past, uh, there's still plenty to, to turn up for and cheer the boys on. Like you said, there's 20,000 members, um, um, we're expecting some good crowds for these last three games and we want to be able to show uh, our members and supporters that we're, we're fair income about our footy. So they've got a lot to play for, there's no doubt about that. Um, I don't think any NRL team ever goes out there with a uh, with a mindset in um, going through the motions and they're going to turn up and perform every week. I mean, I was at, like I said, I was at ground level last week and some of the contact um, in the 70th, 75th minute was just as fierce as what it was in the first five. So um, there's no doubt the guys are still... Um, they're pretty keen to, to put in some good performances. 
two very special guests. We've got Mark Vagano, who's at the GM, uh, plus miscellaneous roles around here at the Canberra Raiders for the Community and Regional Rugby League. And also making her debut is uh, Taylor Shield. She's the Game Day and Events Manager. Welcome, Hi. ladies and Thanks. gents. Hello. That's right. Very important, guys, in, in Women in League Ground that we talk about all the good things that we do for rugby league in the community in this space. Mark, starting with you, um, obviously the big the big plus for you is uh, the rise in participation uh, for females across the board, not only at grassroots um, uh, sort of youngsters levels, but right through to the open age as well. Oh, that's right, and the uh, variety of games that we supply as well. Now, tackle's sort of growing as we go. Uh, ladies' league tag's been uh, phenomenal, and you know, for a lot of people, they say that's basically saved a lot of the uh, the country areas. Um, so they're embracing both forms of the game. We, we've got good growth. It's now about uh, making sure the pathway is good, it's out there, and it's accessible. And then, of course, the other parts come, more females involved in refereeing, more in coaching and so on. So it's a, it's a full development program we're looking at here, uh, Ben. It must be really encouraging, though, to see that growth in that area, I suppose. It, and it is the biggest growth area in the sport in terms of participation. Oh, that's right. For too long, we disenfranchised 50% of the population as against uh, you know, their participation or we had certain roles and that's where it stayed. Uh, had to take a much broader outlook, obviously societal. Wise, we've seen that the rise of uh, female participation across many sports, and that's where I came to the party, I guess, by coming out of cricket uh, and then into rugby league. Uh, we had to change our focus and our mindset, and we're getting there. And uh, I'm really pleased with uh, the buy-in from the clubs and from um, the general Raiders group as far as uh, our participation goes. Mark, being obviously a really strong rugby league town, Queen and Canberra, it looks like the women's involvement in rugby league has been like a duck to water. How far away are we in regards to putting forward maybe a national team like I think the NRL are kicking off this weekend, uh, having their four-team competition? It looks like Canberra have a great opportunity to really assemble a good, a good competitive team moving forward. Uh, look, the broad strategy, um, Canberra to become a hub for all of southern New South Wales. Um, critical mass is important to make sure we stabilise the local competitions and we've got that pathway um, absolutely rock solid. Then moving to one of two areas, uh, we're either looking at the, the New South Wales Rugby League and the Sydney competition as maybe one pathway, and then also looking at um, the WNRL, for want of a better term at the moment, uh, longer term. So there's obviously finance to go with that, but there are huge commercial opportunities for us waiting there. Um, but it's mainly about getting critical mass, getting the pathway right, and then talent ID and then taking it through. Uh, we've seen that we've got the talent, the Tasha Gale uh, under-18 competition's been uh, terrific in the two years that we've participated. Looks like we've got a terrific crop coming through, and that's been the numbers there have been really solid. So, in a sense, we're regional. We need to certainly get the competition rock solid, and then we'll start filtering uh, the players up the line. Some of the big uh, changes, I suppose, that we made as a club um, over the past couple of years was developing the Valkyrie brand and, and everything that goes along with that in terms of female participation. Taylor, as part of that, we've seen the introduction of Velda, the Valkyrie, at Raiders game days. Tell us a little bit about how that came about and, uh, and how that process went down. Yeah, absolutely. So um, we talked about here... Um, 
in our team uh, that we get quite a few young fans and members um, looking up to Victor. Of course, he is um, our, our favourite here, but um, we we wanted um, a, a female mascot um, that our, our young female members and fans could also uh, look up, look up to. So she um, came about um, as as she's Victor's sister. Um, she was introduced at our second home game this year, um, and she has been an absolute hit with um, our our members and fans at our games. So she'll certainly be around at our upcoming uh, Women in League round game on Sunday. Yeah, it's a it's a great introduction, I suppose, to the the whole landscape of game day. It, it, and I, I, as an extension of that, um, this weekend we've got a number of um, female based initiatives around women in league round including the wearing of our uh, women in league jersey which we'll um, which we'll be wearing uh, for the second time this season but uh, i believe our viking ambassador is a, a very prominent female uh, rugby league player this weekend and tell us a bit about what's going on there she is um so we're stoked to have uh, maddie studden um as our viking ambassador for um our women in league round game so maddie was actually uh the captain of the uh, new south wales um Origin team, the first of the um, the first female Origin game played. Yeah, so they of course got the win. Um, so we're very much looking forward to having her come along and um, chatting to her um, on field and leading our Viking clap ceremony. Dale, you've, you've you've just mentioned that uh, we've had a great reception to Velda. Have you seen the ladies a little bit more warming to the Canberra Raiders, more warming to rugby league? How have you found the changes this year? And also congratulations to you coming in from the outside, the Raiders seem to be leading in the NRL when it comes to women involvement because they're doing so much great things. Yeah, absolutely. Well, the the introduction of our Valkyrie program, we really tried to aim to um, get as many females um, as possible to come along to our games and and feel comfortable and um, be happy to be there. So I think another um, addition to that is the the introduction of our family bay. Um, so that's an an area where um, females and and their their children um, can go um, where it's you know alcohol and smoke. Uh, free so um, that's just one of the ways that we um, like to look after the ladies that come along I'll tell you what the, all the players partners and wives are getting looked after this year as well they're very relaxed here on game day getting out uh, their whole section there it's good to see Mark uh, I have to ask you as an extension of uh, your role you're also tied up with um, obviously the Raiders involvement in the community part of that has been uh, the focus of moving this uh, hub back towards Braddon to help strengthen regional ties I suppose and um, um, how important is it for the Raiders to be involved, not only just here in Canberra and Queanbeyan, but also the surrounding regions, your South Coast, your Riverinas and places like that? Well, the Raiders obviously are our best advertisement uh, across the board. So everyone relates to, to green, to what the Raiders stand for, uh, for our involvement in the community and for the, what the players do around the place. So from a promotion perspective, they're our best. Um, also then, it's about the brand. So, of course, as we develop uh, the female part of the game, tackle, league tag and so on, um, it gives an aspirational aspect for young women across the board, across the whole region, that I can be a part of this. And that translates not only to their involvement on game day um, by playing the game or being a part of the cl- their own clubs, but also then longer term, being uh, related to the, to the Raiders. So there's commercial implications there, of course, leading back to me- increased membership, as, as Taylor was talking about before. You know, our membership three years ago was skewed probably about 23% female members. We're up around over 37 to 30, 
39% now. So that kind of um, feeling of involvement, feeling a part of it, and being actually able to access the rugby league is really important across so many parts of that. And the Raiders brand is so important to, uh, to that aspiration. How good would it be? I know Nick touched on it before, but to, to one day have that um, female so I suppose uh, NRL team here in Canberra we've uh, Don um, Ferner the CEO said that it's probably something that we'll look at doing uh, once the Braden development's up on the ground and we're better equipped facilities wise to, to host another team so it's probably still a couple of years away but um, it'll be a real milestone for the game uh, here in the region if we got to that point. Oh it'll be fantastic and I think what you allude to there uh, Ben is exactly what Don said the main thing is that we do it and we do it properly and it's not tokenistic people smell tokenistic miles away so the full integration of a female program into the Raiders being at Braddon being a part of that that whole development of the community hub is absolutely important because authenticity is what it is everyone can jump on the, the female bandwagon and just say yeah we're doing it no we're going to do it do it properly and actually commit to it and we've seen that growth you know an under 17 competition that's going to under 18s with eight teams at 13 a side we started with four senior teams. We're now at seven. We want to broaden that. You saw Wales Rugby League are coming to do testing to actually find the talent and then take that under its wing. They are the important parts about it. So Braden does become central and it becomes a part of our commitment, our proper commitment to women's rugby league and league tag, not tokenistic, not something that's just an add-on. Do it, do it well. Taylor, I have to ask you. Now, you've uh, come from Canberra, born and bred. Now, you probably didn't have a lot to do with rugby league before you started working here. You worked in a number of different roles that were not rugby league. What's it like for a young professional woman to work in a rugby league club? Yeah, well, that's exactly right, Ben. It was um, it was very different to um, what I had experienced in the past, but um, you know, I was uh, very welcomed here um, at the club. I had to quickly learn um, the the ins and outs of the game. Um, there's quite a few females in the the marketing team, so um, we are we do feel very valued um, in in the club. What's it like working here with the likes of Ben Pollock and Tommy Logan and, and Jason Matthew? What goes on? Could you give us a bit of a, a basic day of, of a life and a day of working in, as an admin staff at the Canberra Raiders? Yeah, absolutely. Well, I think um, my role as game day and events manager is very, um, I guess, varied in, in what we do. So, um, you know, from everything to the parking, to the entry um, at the stadiums, to the catering, to the entertainment at halftime and, and that sort of thing, um, that's the game day element. And then it goes into more of the um, the event side of things with the, the season launches and um, currently working on our biggest night of the year with the uh, Menin- Meninga Medal presentation night coming up too. So very busy time of year. So it's basically putting enough eggs in the basket doing the current stuff, but also foreseeing the coming up events like, like you said, that Meninga Medal. Such a versatile... Um, you have to be so versatile to work in a rugby league club because um, people think of rugby league clubs as these massive big organisations, but in fact they're actually quite small in terms of uh, resourcing on the ground. So um, everybody digs in and works hard. And on game day, um, a lot of people, you know, you're going to see lots of people with uh, official swing tags and stuff running around, headsets on and things like that. You might not pay notice to who they are, but these are the people that are, are making sure that your game day runs smoothly and you have a good time when you come to the footy. And I think um, I've been. 
to probably 90% of the games this year and I don't think there's any club that does game day better than what we do. I think the experience that we provide for our uh, members and fans when they, from the moment they walk in the gate to the moment they walk out um, is probably the best in the competition in terms of what we offer. So I think it's a great uh, testament to the staff that work here. Well, it shows. And of course, uh, we spoke about uh, the Raiders leading in the women's side of things in the NRL experience and that's coming from Sydney as well. Guys from other clubs have said, wow, Canberra have doing it right. The Viking clap, just the little effects like the, the fireworks that come on the side during the night games. You, you and yourself and Mr. The Gatekeeper Cam Sullings down there doing a good thing. It's it's great to see and that everyone talks about uh, experiencing what we'd had in the 90s over here at Bruce Stadium, what it was called then. But I think in 2018, we're, we're well above that. Taylor, it's good to see that you're so heavily worked, but you've got a smile on your face all the time. Good luck for the Malmaning medal. Thank you. And Mark, thanks for coming in. Uh, keep doing great things and uh, looking forward to one day seeing that uh, ladies team run out there in the uh, Women's Rugby League uh, NRL. Thanks, ben. What could we call them? Would it be the Canberra Raiderettes or? I'm not sure. No, we can't have the Raiderettes. We've had that. We had that. We can bring <laughs> the them Raiders again. is the Raiders. The, oh, yeah. Valkyries. the Valkyries. I think Zelda might be well and truly employed. Yeah. <laughs> And joining me now on a, a special location, uh, the glorious fields of the Great Seaford Oval, I'm joined here by the man Terry Campisi Campo. G'day, mate. Hey, Nick. How you mate? Mate, I'm good. Now, look, I saw you, caught up with you about a couple of months ago now at the Raiders Forever Green Night. It was good to walk down memory lane with some of your old teammates and some of the legends of the club of the Mighty Camp Raiders. It was. It was a great weekend. Um, got to catch up with some, some old friends um some current friends also and yeah when we get together it's um a lot of storytelling um you know reminiscent of the past and just a great night um you know all the punters were there as well it was um yeah very enjoyable evening and it continued on to the next day with some bowls with the, the club as well but um you know we roll with the queen and blues I, I couldn't turn up i had to play so i couldn't turn up to the next day, but it was just um, a great event that the you know the club put on. Yeah, I saw you hanging out with your mates like Butsy, you know, Glenn Buttress. Joel Thompson was actually playing that game for Manly. He stuck around, you know, blokes like Josh Miller, Troy Thompson, and it's it just it was it just like training again? Did you just go straight back to those days? It does. When you get together, it is. It's like you know you haven't been apart for for so long. It's just like you're with them last week, and um, yeah, just you catch up at the start, what everyone's up to, and then it just falls back to to how it was and. You know, joking around, having a great night. Like you said, the names that you just mentioned, Big Tulsi come down, Joel Monaghan come up, Adrian Pertell come over. So, yeah, definitely uh, the old gang was back. That was a good gang. There were some great times back in those days. We'll kick it all off, Campo, with how it all started for yourself, a young fella growing up in Queanbeyan. You were that kid. You played Union on Saturdays, League on Sundays. Having that last name, Campisi, um, obviously quite a popular name when it comes to football in Australia. How was it for you as a kid running around with that name? Was there, was there an added little bit of pressure there? No, oh, every now and then. Um, probably not as much as what um, we expected. Um, obviously, you know, when it come up, you know, my parents used to sit me in and, and talk about it. Um, but, yeah, it's only probably when I hit the senior grades in Union, um, we used to get roughed up a fair bit and, and <laughs> given a little bit of stick from the opposition and um, a few that, that stick out in, in mind and that's probably uh, the most I got it. But as a young fella, not really. Um, but Union was my preferred sport, uh, funny to be, until I had to make the decision, either the Raiders or uh, the Brumbies at that stage. So 
Uh, that stage of my life, I was enjoying rugby league a lot more than what I was union, and that was a decision I made, and um, yeah, never looked back. And it's probably um, definitely don't regret that at all. Never have, and never will. I've got uh, memories of yourself, you know, running around here at Queenman at the, uh, the the young the junior touch tournaments, and running around in the Wallaby shorts, and you had the ability to to throw a ball without embarrassing you to throw a ball from one end of the field to the other and and you're kind of like a young Wally Lewis how you would just like dominate a game but also at that young age you were into the referee and you had that competitive nature about you you're such a team man and, and the skills that you possessed back then was there people in your ear saying let's stay up the straight and narrow here Terry because you, you could come on to big things Oh, you know, it was something I always wanted from a young age was to be a professional football player. I used to, you know, hang around the hotels, go to Raiders training with with my uncle. He used to um, take me along, and I used to, you know, tag along with him. And it was something I always wanted, just being around that environment. And um, yeah, so that's why I used to just pretty much live with a football in my hands. And um, every spare minute, I'd be out kicking kicking the ball around, or passing, or trying new tricks with the with the football so um yeah it was pretty much my life from a young age and it's yeah that's all i really ever strived to be was a, was a professional player so you were a whites junior Queen whites junior Queen blues when that crossroads came and you make, had to make the decision why was it rugby league um actually the coach at the time was ronnie giddo and, and mick mantelli they were the first grade Queen blues coaches from the start of the year they were trying to get me to, to pick you know, league over union, and oh, I was a union man. You know, a hundred percent at that stage. So, I, I how kept, old were you then? Um, Sixteen, seventeen. So, just finished school, and no, I was still in school. Yeah, still in school, and um, I was captain of the schoolboys ACT team for uh, union. For union, um, I played my first representative that year for ACT schools league. Um, yeah, so that, they were trying to convince me to come over to league full time. It yeah, wasn't to be, and it wasn't until probably halfway through the season that I had a bit of a falling out with the local um, Queemian Whitey's head coach. I had a big tournament on the weekend for ACT. Um, I asked if I could sit out training on a Thursday night because I wanted to fly out on the Friday and be fresh for the weekend, and we had an argument over it. And from that day on, I yeah, changed my mind. Well, you must have been on the radar at the Raiders, no pun intended, because if you got picked to play for the ACT schoolboys, they, they're pretty much a team made up of Arendale and Dixon players, but to come from Carabao High and to get picked in that team, you must have been on the radar somewhere, and obviously that fallout, you were certain that you are going to play play Raiders and go down that Raiders avenue? Yeah, I just wanted to give it a crack. I never never played representative rugby league before, so um, you know Neil Henry was the coach at the time um, and you know asked me to come along and try out for the for the ACT team and um, yeah I thought we'd give it a, give it a shot and you know see, see how it was so um, I, I enjoyed that carnival it was actually here at in, in uh, Queenian uh, we played at Seaford Oval and um, some great players were in that team Brent Lawrence and Michael Wayman um, yeah so the list went on so it was um, a different way to look at the, the sport and to see the professional side of rugby league because you know for me it was just more fun with my mates on, on a Sunday so obviously you started to find your feet in the game there. The whole Raiders thing came up. 
how did that come about? I think it was in the early thousands. You got uh, you played Jersey Flegg under Madge McGuire, and there were blokes like Michael Wayman, Glenn Buttress, you know, Jamie Soward under under Madge. There, that was that when you took rugby league serious. Was that when that's it? I'm, I'm going to be a Raider. Yeah, it was JR used to be always in my ear as well. Um, you know, playing for the Blues, he was always around the Blues a lot. You know, back in the day, and he'd always say, um, you know. You know, talk me up to come over, and and he'll look after me at the Raiders, and and um, you know, I'll definitely enjoy it. So he was also in my ear uh, as well, and it was you know the time when I finished finished school, I told him all that I wanted to just focus, get my year twelve. Was that's a, a, a story in itself. Not one person in either side of my family had finished year 12 before so I was the first person on both sides to to go through that's why I just wanted to you know put my head down and finish that and um, not worry about the scores so much in my test results but just to get the certificate it was just an achievement in itself but um, and then then I'll look at the the contract side of things after that which which I did got me year 12 certificate then sat down and you know, with the family and, and put all the options on the table. And, you know, there was a couple in Sydney. I didn't want to leave home at that stage. I was a little mummy's boy. And, um, yeah, so I was pretty much Raiders or Brumbies and uh, decided to go to the Raiders. Um, yeah, I was just enjoying my football so much then. I was, I was actually come over to the Blues uh, playing played the back end of the year in first grade. Big Benny Cross was, yeah, was big playing. BBC. Yeah, he was playing with us. And uh, we ended up winning the comp. So I was you know, loving rugby league at the time. So that was the thing that uh, swayed my decision. And literally the next week, I was you know at training, getting busted by Ruben Wiki. Um, yeah, it's Simon Wolford players like that. And what was uh, that like running around against coming to training and seeing a Ruben Wiki and a Simon Wolford, especially blokes like Ruben Wiki, kidding up. You know, the J- Jared, Jason Croker would have been probably still around then, big toots. That would have been such a whirlwind for a young boy from Queenman coming through the Carabar and to, to run out and be playing, sharing change rooms with these guys. Well, it was crazy. It's definitely a, it was definitely a lot different to what it is these days with the young kids. I turned up and didn't open, open my mouth for a couple of weeks. I was in awe, you know, playing against these, or training with these legends of the game and guys I've looked up to my whole life and um, just watching them go about their business I was too scared to open my mouth where a young kid comes in these days and just rules a joint yeah. uh, so it was, it was definitely a lot different we had a cadetship program it was called when I come through so there was a few of us in that um, and we got the train with the top squad so that was the uh, the contract I had it was a two year two year cadetship deal and uh, I was lucky enough to I played one game in 19s and the majority the rest of the year in uh, reserve grade in 2003 it was so and you won the comp then? won the comp in Regis and, and won a, a top 25 contract also so I was, I was very lucky to um, you know progress out of that cadetship and be full time with the first grade squad from 2004 on that was when this camper there was a buzz about Terry Campisi and the Raiders on the back of the 2003 premiership he's beat Penrith that day in the wet in Sydney and the way you guided down that, the way you guided the team around the park, and not just with your, your positional play and your running your lines, the kicking game as well. That rugby union side was coming out to you as well. I think you were kicking, pop, popping goals from the sideline. You were running the show, and then you you get in there that first grade click. The likes of Mark McClendon was sort of the club, and I think Matty Elliott was coach at the time. And um, so you roamed around in second grade for a while there. Yeah, well, I got my opportunity quite early the following year, 2004. I was called up into the first grade squad, I think it was round two. Um, Brad against Duke, Penrith. Against Penrith, yeah. Brad, and they won the comp the year before. So if you can remember, there was um, Nullivau and Pritchard. They were the back rowers too. They had the frizzy hair. And, um, so I was pretty much having nightmares uh, leading up to the game. We got quite told quite early in the week. I think it was a Tuesday. 
So I was excited. Wraps. Told all, all my friends, all my family. We had pretty much sold out one side of the stadium. And that, that Bruce, just from everyone from Queenie, it's just uh, so close. And we'll it was just, a Friday night, eh? It was, and it was um, yeah, very scary moment. But um, it was a game that we lost, uh, but we easily could have won. It was a rough twelve zip, but pretty early. I remember that game. Yeah. So, um, but yeah, I didn't get to play many games in the first couple of years. I was kind of in and out. Um, I'd lost a, a position in the top 25, I think 2006. I was outside the top 25, so I thought, wow. Um, so he dropped off. He's gone. That's what I thought, yeah. Dropped off, dropped out of selections. Um, and then that's when Neil Henry came to the club and had to um, earn me spot again. What was it about that in 20, 2006 when you dropped off? Because I remember you were in and out of the top squad in that time after you made your debut. And then to be out of the top 25 was that just what was it was that your headspace at the time and what was it no not really I just I'm not sure I wasn't playing the best of football I think I was captain of Reggie's and you know when you're 20 years old and you get named captain of Reggie's you think geez my career's over uh, normally the captains of Reggie's are the guys that will probably play one or two games in the year that you know if they desperately need and I was only a young kid to be named captain I was thinking well um this isn't the place I want to be, and uh, you know, not not saying that uh, disrespectfully, but um, it's just you know normally they give it to the older guys that you know only have a couple seasons left. Um, so yeah, I thought well you know start looking at other options, which I which I did. I started you know talks with a couple of other NRL clubs and also uh, some union clubs also. Yeah. Now we mentioned your, right? your friend there, Todd Carney. Well, publicised what happened. He had left the club. And then all the kind of weight went on your shoulders. And wow, Terry Campisi had realised his talent. And without embarrassing you, that, I think, I think Toddy left kind of mid-season and there was a game against the Titans that you put 40 on them and they were like hanging around the top eight. And you were just scoring tries left, right and centre. What happened? Where was your headspace then, Camper? What 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 switch just clicked like that for you to just come out of your shell like that? <laughs> I wish I, I wish I knew I would have done it again and again after. Um, it was just one of those years. I think the the following year I got in trouble from the coach. I think Fernsey was the coach at the time. Got me in trouble because I, I did an interview and I pretty much said that that's will never ever happen again. It was like if you look back at the even the score lines in our games, we're winning by fifty. Uh, 60 um, against quality opposition as yeah, well yeah I think there's was, there was a lot in there I know that um, I'll try and find some old footage to show, show me a young fella now because he thinks that a, you know an old slow footballer I said mate it never used to be like that no but the thing is what you brought in you brought confidence to the fans but I'll never forget and I reckon a lot of the Raiders fans to this day I'll never forget Penrith Panthers come to town your old coach, Matty Elliott, old teammate, Matt Adamson, come out of the field to do the whole pitch report. And this was a guy that quoted at the start of the year saying, I now have the cattle to win a premiership. He kind of said those words. He comes out onto the field. There's a massive, there's a massive boo right across. Cut a long story short, they come out, they score first. And then what happened that afternoon was just absolute magic. Yourself, you scored four tries. Your Q-Town partner, Trevor Thurling, crossed for three meat pies of his own. You racked up 74 points, a team that was coming sixth, and you well and truly ended the season. And you went three places up almost with your four and against. And it was just a day in the history of the club that will never be forgotten. And it was all 
without embarrassing it, was all behind the magic that you were doing out there, Campo. Yeah, it's definitely. Yeah, it was definitely a game that you know will stick in your mind forever. I um, um, even just that one that you mentioned, myself and Trev scoring seven tries. We played junior football together. We played schoolboys football together. Um, represented the Queanbeyan Blues, and you know to, to share a day like that with someone you grew up playing football with is just something special. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, so we definitely talk about that at the pub after a few, after a few beers every time we get together, me and Trev. But uh, yeah, thirty eight points, wasn't it? Thirty six. Eagled Mal's record. Nah, could have. No, nah, could have. I'd kick from basically in front. Because Mal scored thirty eight. He scored thirty eight. And he was trying to the post, and then Tanya gives it to Herbie just as a consolation to welcome to first grade. And then just you lost the record. <laughs> thanks, uh, we got, thanks uh, equal, equal record holder with Fernsey for ten goals. So I didn't want to beat Fernsey's, and I didn't want to equal Mao's just out of respect. Well, mate, that's an immortal there. Yeah, well, he's, Mao's he's an now. immortal. But is that was that the train of thought back then, though? Maybe, <laughs> <laughs> mate. What was it like that day? Just everything just turned to magic. You had them beat it. It was thirty-eight twelve at half time. You had them. You had smashed them at half time. And like I said, they were quality opposition. Petro Sivanasiva and now you know, Wesser. Hall of Fame. Reese Wesser scored. The Pulitzer brothers might have been in there. One of them. You know, there was some quality opposition. A team that was always veering around the semi-finals. Luke Lewis was playing in there, and he's ended their season in seventy-four to twelve. That's uncanny in the modern game. Hey, it's unheard of now. Nearly eighty. Um, yeah, it's crazy. For them to score first and then that to happen, I think it was one of the days where we were up the top oval. We used to train up the top, um, and it started. It was like sleet snow. snow, yeah. yeah. And uh, when we come back down, that they had all their big jackets and all that on. We going, Jesus Christ, we're in our in our jumpers and shorts, ready to go. You know, we going. When we used to see that, we used to go, we've got to, we've got these guys mentally already. Mm. Some guys never used to come out of the sheds to warm up. Mm. It was that cold in Canberra in the winter, so um, yeah, that's right. Mentally, they're, they're gone. You know, just walking up town um, that year, it was just the buzz, like you said, around around Canberra, around Queenie. Just everyone was talking footy. Just the exciting football we were playing. It wasn't, you know, um, just the one person um, that was was doing all of that. The whole side was playing well. I think Colin Best was killing um, it. On fire, that John Monaghan got player of the year. So, no matter what, the teams had to look at like ten blokes when it comes to a to a game. You know, watching preview and stuff on the on us. Um, you know, where generally you're watching it on about four four blokes, but it was just our whole squad was on fire. It was just blokes like Tommy Leroy Lars was like so damaging and and um, he's just so creative with you with the football and you were just you rolled into the finals that year and um, obviously fell short against the Sharkies, Ricky Stewart Sharkies that that first week of unfortunately he's bundled out, but what a finish to the what a way to just bring that you know galvanise Canberra once again and obviously for yourself you're rewarded with an Australian jump in the World Cup. Yeah, it was. Um, you know, when it came to the semi-finals, I think we were watching on the Sunday, it was Melbourne and, and Warriors. Uh, Warriors. And we needed Melbourne to win to, to go through. And we started texting each other at halftime going, this surely can't happen. That we, our whole season that we, um, you know, worked so hard to get up the, obviously in the semis um, with, with the, you know, crazy back half of the year. And then good old Melbourne got knocked off by the, uh, the Warriors so um, yeah, it, it ended our season but yeah, it was, it was um, you know a great uh, it was a great reward for the boys what they put in but um, you know a few of us got in that Australian side I was actually in the car with Joel Monaghan when we both found out that we were in the World Cup squ- uh, squad so that was obviously something that I never thought would have happened back you know 
a year ago, 2006, 2007, there was no chance I'd ever think I'd... That's right, I was even out of the top 25, so to, to be, you know, called up by Ricky and the team to say that I was uh, in the World Cup squad and, you know, look at the, look at the squad that was there, Billy Slater, Jonathan Thurston, Cameron Smith, Greg Inglis, Israel Folau, Jesus Christ, you're not reading my name out in this, are you? Like, it was just... Um, it was all a blur, to be honest. Yeah. Had that one game against Papua New Guinea, and your mate at the time, Neville Costigan, uh, takes you out, takes you out of the game. So it was short lived, but it's it's a jersey that I'm sure you cherished, and that would have been, like I said, the, the young boy from Queanbeyan, just kicking the ball around at the Queanbeyan Park to, to running out in the green and gold. Yeah, I, yeah, I would love to have played more, but it wasn't to be, you know. Um, yeah, but it was yeah something I'll cherish forever. Just being around the caliber of players that was there, and um, yeah, something I remember forever. And you know, sixteen minutes is is one game still, I guess. Um, yeah, get to put it up in the in the pool room. Uh, yeah, but just, the fact that you went you were in camp the whole time, and you got to you know see the preparations of the camp, Smith as you Billy Slater, all those stars that were, you would have gone back to, and taken all that with you in two thousand and nine. Uh, lots of expectation on the Raiders that year, but for yourself, you you had an Origin game. You got you called out once again, Craig Bellamy, and calls your name out for the Blues. That would have been wow. Yeah, I think um, oh, I don't know. It's, it's hard to it's hard to really talk about. I probably had higher expectations of of what it actually the week leading up to it was. Like you hear the the stories of the team bonding and stuff like that. But Craig Bellamy was you know under pressure. He was new, so I was serious from the word go mm-hmm. I can remember laying in bed getting pulled out of bed at 10 10.30 at night to do video sessions and it just wasn't what it, I expected the lead up to be so I was in being in Melbourne also we were out of town a bit you know in camp so um, you know if I look back at the experience it probably wasn't something I'll always remember in a positive light but you know got to play for New South Wales which is the greatest I guess spectacle for rugby league uh, there is, and um, yeah, just I thought I I warranted another another chance. To be honest, um, you know, never missed any tackles. I set up the first tried Jared Hayne, um, his centre in the second half tore his hammy, which was Michael Jennings or tore his calf, I think it was. So he didn't want the ball at all, and he's my centre. So um, I didn't didn't call for the ball as much as probably what they would have liked, and that was you know me undoing, I guess. Yeah, I was just lucky enough to play a game, I guess, and. Um, you know, or, in hindsight, it's you got that box ticked. Yeah, I do. I wish it, you know, was it Suncorp or somewhere like that, somewhere, you know, where the, the Queenslanders are just into you or even at home in New South Wales where they're all cheering you. Uh, there would have been great to play, but, you know, in the end I've played and, um, yeah, I'll put it up there with one of the best games, you know. Um, you know, I did play, but, you know, looking back the week leading up to it, you know, I've probably been a bit... Um, no childish. Uh, 2010, as you mentioned, the boys galvanised the town once again. 2010, put on a good run and packed. If I remember the first week you played Penrith, and that was in the old system. I think it was the McIntyre system where it was 1v8, 2v7. It was Penrith second, Raiders seven. You went to Pen- Penrith Park on a Saturday night and put on a show once again. What a win that was. Oh. Yeah, that's yeah, that's definitely a memory to that I'll stick uh, onto forever. My little girl was um, born a couple of days before that game. Wow! Um, so I didn't join the team in Sydney actually. Um, yeah, they went up on the bus and and I drove up the the following day. I stayed. 
back in Canberra and uh, watched the birth of my firstborn and um, yeah, no sleep, just living off adrenaline, I guess, and, and went out and what we did against Penrith was something that no one thought could happen. Yeah, I mean, you had a blonde yourself. I think you scored a try. The one was disallowed, much to our disappointment, but um, it was a good win there. And then um, the week later, the Tigers come to town, sell out at GIA Stadium, just 90s in the air once again, and... Um, Benji and the boys, Robbie Farrar, Lottie Takiri, they come and spoil the party, unfortunately. And that was a a day, a game where you were behind the whole time, but you started finding your wheels. And like that Wally Lewis of Terry Campisi, once again, he started to really dominate the middle there. And you had full control of the game. And the Raiders were coming back. The crowd was getting involved in behind. And then you fall over and everyone's head went down. Including yours, uh, my whole whole career went down. <laughs> Everything was lost uh, from one one step, I guess. Um, yeah, brings back memories. You talking about that? I thought, you know, I felt it in that second half that we're coming back and, it, and the game was ours. You could just tell they dropped their heads. We were on fire. We were making eighty meters a set. Um, yeah, it was just it was just crazy, and you could just feel the excitement in the crowd and in our team. So. Yeah, we we were definitely um, yeah, coming to get them in that second half, and like you said, unfortunately, did my knee. Uh, the boys still hung in there, and um, just lost by two. I think Tony yeah. really led them. He did. Yes, once um, yeah, once once we went off, um, everyone stood up and was just continuing on that um, that good form that they were showing in the, you know, the first half of the second half, and yeah, it just wasn't to be. It was um, yeah, definitely. I thought that season was ours, you know. If if I look back, it's you know the only probably even 2008 to win the competition. No, 2010, I thought we had it. Um, obviously, if we won that game, you go on to play Dragons, and you know what our uh, record was against the Dragons. You come back, and we bring back uh, the World Cup from last year in 2017. You didn't get the you didn't get the finish at GI Stadium, and you're a man that's just such a communal man. You're passionate about Queen, and you're passionate about Canberra. And you get picked to play for Italy, and I rem- a lot of the fans will, will remember that game uh, pretty well. Of course, you had the year there with the Blues, captain coach, and you were successful with the Premiership that year for 2017. Then you get part of the uh, the Italian side, crippled by injuries once again. And then that last game, the, the Rugby League guys shine on you and the draw, the, the World Cup draw, you play Fiji at GIO Stadium in Canberra on a Friday night, and you get to run out. I guess with your family and friends there to see you that grew up watching you and playing with you and your friends were there. And you're not just playing for Italy, you're matching up against Jared Hayne at the time as well. And without embarrassing you, the Wally Lewis and you came out again. Um, you think you laid on a great try, you just showed tremendous skill, but you were probably the dominant player on the field. Again, you're running in there with the referee and you know butting heads with them, but you really controlled the game. And the Italian side... I think Fiji were coming off, they were on top of the pool and they were just star-studded lineup, and you were on top of them. And you probably could have won the game. Unfortunately, you finish and then they lose by 30, but you were actually making a big difference. And, and the people that knew you and that know you thought, wow, for Terry, what a way to end, knowing that you could still match it with some quality players at home like that. Yeah, it was, um, it was a, I guess, 60 minutes was a great way to, to, to go out at GIO. Um I should never have played. No, no chance in hell I should have run out there. I tore my calf, tried to play the following week. Um, 
tore me calf again. Um, pretty much limped my way through the, the captain's run. Um, and so I was, I had no chance. I strapped it up to, to all buggery. And then the first run of the game, I actually did my ankle. Um, you should have seen it, you know, the weeks after. I would have been out for literally three months with the ankle that I'd done. And I just pretty much limped my way through as much as I possibly could and got to a stage where uh, I think Fiji made a break and I tried to chase and I was like, couldn't even get out of a, you know, 50% jog. So I had to, had to come off, which was disappointing, but, you know, I thought, thought the first half was, you know, we were playing Fiji. They were flying. I think they beat New Zealand the following week, was it? Um, yeah, so it was, it, was, it was crazy. All right, Terry Campisi, let's do the Forever Green set of six. First question. Obviously, you mentioned coaching the Blues, but what else do you do now with yourself? Yeah, a few, a few things. Actually, I do some stuff with the NRL, so I do some, some coaching clinics, um, some some odd um, MC events, um, just the, the odd thing. Go to um, you know some of the country games, uh, some of the NRL games, and just jump into boxes and talk to fans. So it's completely different. It's just all random. Um, down on the sideline as well. I, yeah. I'm, I'm often quite next to you down there, mate. Croc Radio. Croc Radio, do some, um, some calling of the games. So enjoy the calling? I do. I'd, I'd rather be probably up in the box a bit more and have more of a say. Yeah, yeah, I know you do. Way. You do. Um, <laughs> on the sidelines, so they cross to me every now and then, and um, depends who's the main caller. Also, depends how often they get you involved. Mm. Um, but yeah, definitely enjoy that and being down on action and you know still <laughs> jumping up and down at the yeah. Raiders games. Jeez, uh, like a little kid, you know, still a big fan. Um, and also work for Queming Pellering Regional Council. So you know, uh, coordinator of community. So I look after a range of things from community development officers to family daycare, indigenous to um, disability to youth. So look after all those areas, which I thoroughly enjoy. Awesome. Second question. Um, what did it mean to you, Terry Campisi, to wear the green jumper? Uh, everything. Um, yeah, like I said, I, I grew up watching the Raiders, well, when I first started coming to the game, here we are. We're sitting at it right now, aren't we? Seaford Oval. How good were these days? Let's bring a few games yeah. back. How good would that be? But everything, I think, um, yeah, the proudest the proudest moment you can ever do for, for a footy team uh, that you love is, is lead them out. And I was lucky enough to captain the club that you, that I loved. And, um, yeah, so it's you know something that I'll you know definitely cherish forever. I was a one-club man, never played against... The Canberra Raiders never wanted to, never thought I ever would. Um, yeah, so, so pretty pretty proud of what I achieved. It was just, you know, in the end, the body couldn't handle it. <laughs> as simple as that. What's your favourite memory of the club? Oh, mate, there's, there's, there's plenty. Um, what sticks know. out the most, though? Oh, what, would you, what would the first memory you'd tell the kids? Uh, would be It would be that semi-final against Penrith, I think. Um you know, having having your firstborn, which is, you know, best day of your life. Um, sitting there watching watching this miracle happen of of birth. It's crazy. Mm. Crazy. It's something. Um, you know, I couldn't. I couldn't even handle it. To be honest, eh? yeah. <laughs> I thought I wouldn't make it to the game. I nearly, you know, knocked out just while watching the whole process. It's, it's just it's crazy. It? <laughs> <laughs> it is traumatizing, but beautiful at the same time. Yeah. It's, it's weird. And well, you go from you go from pretty much the worst experience in your life. To the best in five minutes. Oh, it's a roller coaster, man. <laughs> it is a roller coaster. Um, yeah, and then travelling up and being the underdogs against a very good Penrith team, and you know, I think I got man of the match that that 
that game so I could you know say good day to the, the wife and the the little one. Oh, Rocky um, Balboa, <laughs> we did it. That's right, and then we did um, it. And then walking around after, I don't know if you were in if you were up there, Nick, but in the crowd walking around after the, the, the fence collapsed. The fence collapsed, and me me old girl was in the front. My whole family was there. I was going oh, up to my she family. Seems the whole collapse. <laughs> Um, yeah, so that one definitely sticks out. Yeah, that's you know up there for the best. Funniest moment in the career of the Raiders. A G-rated version. G-rated. <laughs> Pick one. Not many G-rated ones. I've seen you boys out there playing nights at Moosehead back in that day. Um, <laughs> yeah, we. I think a few of the boys have mentioned the pink shirt, but one that sticks out. It's funny to me, not big Tilsi, but the pink shirt. We uh, I wanted to get a record out of this pink shirt, so we I nominated. Tilsey, I think it was for four weeks in a row, and it was coming up to the record. I think it was on the third week leading up. He goes to me, "You better not nominate me this week, or you're in strife." You know, I said, "Just because of that, we're going to get you." You know what I mean? So we come up with this U boot story. You know, fifty percent of it was porky pies, and um, the, the the team the team voted for him once again. As soon as he walked outside, he's boom pushing me, trying to fight me, <laughs> fight me. <laughs> <out>. <laughs> there was a team full of characters back then. Who was your favourite teammate, Camper, and, and why? Oh, easily, yeah, John Monaghan, um, a great mate. Um, you know, uh, from the from the first day, you know, I spoke earlier about you know it takes when you get there. When I first come into to that scene as a young bloke, mm. I was too scared to talk. So Monas was the one that grabbed me under his arm and and um, introduced me. You know. To, um, you know, um, got me boys. in the group. Yeah, got me in the group. Took me out. Um, you know, with me outside of of, of training mm. um, to mingle, and so he was the one that um, got me the confidence in that group, I guess. And then, yeah, just great mates ever since. He's the godfather of my little one, mm. my little girl. So um, yeah, catch off, catch up with him often. Uh, we lived, you know, only an hour, I guess, away from each other in England. So. Um, yeah, he'll be the first one there when you need him and um, mm. the last one to leave. So, yeah, he's a great fella. For the kid that grew up through Canberra, that loved the green jumper, that captained the club, that scored 36 points one game, that led uh, a good little era in 2008-2010, what advice, Camper, would you give to the current day Raider? Oh, mate, have fun. <laughs> um, it's, it's short-lived. Um, it goes very, very quick. Um, yeah, make sure you you enjoy enjoy your highs because it's a funny old game. You just never ever know um, when it will turn. Thanks very much, mate, for joining us on the Behind the Limelight podcast. Cheers, Nick. <laughs>